Hello, everyone. Back to the electrician show. Got what we are. That's what we are. Sort of called the electrician show. Uh, sorry for the silence. Been just saying then, Mark. Been since July last year. Last year now. We're in January, so July last year was the last podcast. I went on holiday. Went away to Portugal for the summer, and then just life got in the way, mate. But things ain't slowing you down. You're not going to have podcasts every other week, you know. I'll always be doing podcasts. The <laughs> podcast space is never going to get rid of me. Yeah, no, it has been a while, hasn't it, mate? Like you say, now probably getting on for six months. So it's never mm. mind a weekly one. I think the last one we did, you were hoping to start getting them out more regular. But life takes over, doesn't it? You've been really, really busy. Uh, yeah, but not just work, it's just been personal. As we just sound, look at the move home, and that's just so stressful. And then with the budget, um, that disaster budget, which just changed everything on his head overnight. Um, it's been, it's just been a nightmare. I mean, where I'm at now, you can't see it on the camera, but behind. There is just a mass of, uh, of empty boxes just <laughs> ready to move out. You know what I mean? So it's been a bit, um, just not at the time. Business is really busy as well. I don't know what you're finding, mate. How are you finding business at the minute? Uh, we're flying in, in the day job. We really are. Um, I've never known it this busy. I, I seem to be repeating that message for probably a year now. Oh, no, I've been saying the same. busier and busier. Yeah, I've been saying exactly that. So I've never known it was busy. I swear I've been saying that every time someone asks me every three months. Yeah, I've never known it was busy. It just seems to be going... I, I just hear recession, but I don't see it. I don't see it on the high street. I go into Bath, which is my local city, and it's booming. Do you know what I mean? Booming, absolutely booming. Um, everywhere I go seems to be busy, really, really busy. But And everyone seems to be really busy at work. I spoke to our wholesalers the other day um, at Medlocks, and... Um, I said to him, I said, is it just us? Or is it? He said, they've come back and this week's been the busiest they've ever been since they've been in business. Wow. It's good, isn't it? It's nice to be in that mm. position, I think. And it doesn't seem to be, strictly speaking, to any industry as well. We cover domestic and commercial, and it's the same in both areas. So I'm not seeing any kind of fall off yet. Whether it's still pent up and it's going to come when everyone starts paying for the gas and electric over winter, I don't know. But it seems good for the That's what I want to talk to you about. So, have you noticed any? Obviously, oh, dogs trying to come. Come in, come. The dogs trying to come. <laughs> yeah, have you seen any um, downturn in in the sort of um, EV market domestically? Inquiries Coffee. with yes, yes. Since that's one area that has slowed down since the Urza grants moved to landlords. Um, yeah, definitely. The number of inquiries have tailed away. We still do a reasonable volume, but yeah, not as much as we was. No, I was wondering whether that was sort of going to be linked also with the sort of unavailability of vehicles due to COVID and that sort of stuff and whether people were just slowing down on that front. And there was a thing that came out yesterday about there's there's just not people buying EVs quicker than we can build the infrastructure for them, which as electricians, we've been saying since day dot, you get these, these programs like fully charged and these EV minded programs that don't really understand the infrastructure and they say yeah it's ready it's ready it never was it's just laughable isn't it it's just literally laughable where'd you put them where'd you get your supply from and as a supplier you want to take it from got the capacity to add all this load to yeah it's nuts that we've we said it on that ev podcast we did a while ago um yeah it's a big problem that the infrastructure is still lagging massively behind even in like um like the the um service station charging we saw it over christmas where there was rows of teslas queuing up for superchargers trying to get home after the holidays and stuff and i guess that's probably because you get free charging and you know rather than pay for it somewhere else they're all just going to queue up and wait so mm. that kind of well, thing well the old teslas get the free charging so i've got free charges of mine but the, the thing is with the tesla superchargers the speed they some of them are not 
250, 300 kilowatt. They're just so quick. Yeah. And I can fill my Tesla up in 35 minutes, 40 minutes if I wanted to do zero to 100, you know, which you never do. You just sort of get enough to get home. But <clears throat> it's, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a t- t- supercharger down exit away. It's, it's like sort of in a bit, bit of a black spot. There's like not many around it. And it's all that funnels. You go down towards Plymouth and Cornwall. And that's always busy, especially holiday season. That is just always busy where people are just, like a halfway point really between London and Cornwall and people are getting their top up, but there's always queues and there's just not enough. There's just not enough. There's too many people buying these vehicles. Not too many people. People should be out buying, but I wonder yeah. whether we're getting to a, I don't think we probably are getting to a plateau, but there will become a plateau where the people that want EVs have already got EVs and the people that want EVs can't because they haven't got the right house, they're in a flat or they're whatever, you know what I mean? And they, they just, if you had to rely on the public infrastructure now, my strong advice would be do not get an EV. <laughs> Can you imagine how stressful that is? 50 grand motor and you're just sitting there waiting in the car park to charge it up. <laughs> exactly. We just had a few inquiries actually last week from people who've got on street parking, trying to get permission from the local authority to run these arms over the pavement or have a little trench dug so they can charge at the roadside because they've got no real access to any um, charge points in the public space. So it's, it's a problem that's there. I don't know what the answer to that is. I've seen a change in the inquiries. We've gone from just having EV to more this renewable system coming in. So people getting in touch who want batteries, solar panels, and an EV as well. So we've seen a lot more of that, which is why we're doing the courses for the, the solar stuff, as we've spoken about offline. Um, so, yeah, we, we've seen a bit of a shift. And I think the... Qualified, what I say, just saying, just saying, qualified. You can sign all my jobs off then, because we're not done it yet. <laughs> Charge your feet, come and inspect first. <laughs> How did you find that course? Was it all right? Yeah, it was all right. Three days, way too long, in my opinion. I thought it would nap it. I was um, paid for, I paid for it myself, just in case anyone would ask. Not that I would ever get it for free, but I know there's that sort of underlying thing, isn't there, that people might get things for free, but no, paid my way. Um, three day course, but I don't think it's. Where it's three days, I think you probably could do it in two. Actually, I know you could do it in two. <laughs> Definitely could do it in two. Um, why's my screen going white? Don't, so, don't know what's happened there. What does that give you? Does that give you the ability to register for MCS or is it a, yeah. not a city and guilds cast or anything? Is it no, it's the uh BPEC. Hmm. Is that the other one? I, I literally yeah. don't think you can get a city and guilds course for love my money. I think it's LCL think it, and BPEC who do them. I think. Yeah, so I've done the BPEC course, and and it's interesting because before I was sort of talking about, I spoke about it before. I like, I want to be, and I know you you agree. It's like, I want to be shown nuts and bolts. I want to be shown like, how do you do it? But when we sort of asked the guy, he said, "Well, how many systems do you want to be shown on? How long you got?" <laughs> so there's a hundred different systems out there, rails and roofs and tiles. I mean, how long you got? I was like, it's a pretty good point to be fair. So it's just the theory based things and and the sort of design perimeters, uh, which is all quite interesting. You get a free BPEC book, which has got loads of information in it, absolutely loads. Uh, and it's got all this sort of how roofs are built. It's a really good book, actually. It's a really, really good book. That's yeah. about that thick. It's about that thick it is. Um, I, did a, I did a BPEC ventilation course um, and the same. You get a massive book full of really useful info. So I think they do put some beefy stuff out. Hmm. So I think the next one I'll do is the EV charging. I was going to do little bits and bobs like that. But I want to get the guys on all the on the solar stuff as well. So I think it's quite interesting. Plus, we've got some PPM solar stuff. But and that was interesting. They teach you about maintenance as well. So it was quite good. But it was just a sort of design aspect of it. And it's interesting because you might have some, you see some things on, on YouTube and that's all you really – I don't really go on Instagram at all now. Um, so the only visual side of things I see on YouTube. And the amount of um, inverters you see in the loft spaces – 
Mm. But you read the standard, and they ain't supposed to be there. No. Really, uh, uh, and it's funny because you had this, this debate with them, and the guy goes, well, "How do you interpret that?" It was like, "Well, the equipment should be accessible." He said, "Well, was a lost base accessible? Not, not really, is it? You would put a, a light switch up there for your downstairs hall, would you? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it's not accessible." So um, it was quite interesting in terms of isolation as well. It's like isolation for the inverter should be accessible, with but it also must be next to the inverter. Well, mm. then it's not accessible. It is next to the inverter, but it's now not accessible. You know what I mean? So if you needed to turn that off in an emergency, how would you isolate it, both ends? Yeah. It's you know? So it's really, really interesting debates. And he, was, he wasn't telling people, he said, you guys have got to decide where you want to fall. But I thought, really interesting, really. Yeah. yeah, it is, and the, the batteries as well. When you look at that, having them in, in your loft or under your stairs, and you know, we we go and do a few fire investigations, and you see how quickly a loft space can go up if you've got a lithium battery fire up there. It's taking the whole house with it, so it's not. I don't think that's very sensible. No, I know, and that's a good thing. I've not done that course yet. I think I'll, I will do that course as well, just for that, just for the interest of it. And yeah, but I mean, to put something that's basically, I suppose, I, I don't know if this is the right word, but I'll consume combustible is the right word something that could go up and just keep going up Th- thermal runaway or something they call and it that's what they call it isn't it once it started uh, it's very to, hard to, to stop to, to imagine that above your bedroom mm. like, why, yeah. why would you do that above your bedroom you know or your kid's bedroom or or wherever it may be i mean if you could build a fire comp- compartmentation of that area then i suppose i'd have a different view of it um but most fireboard is not really on bedrooms it's sort of around kitchens isn't it and communal areas um, yeah, I mean, even even in that instance with a lithium battery, I'm not sure that you could really fireproof it to the extent you'd need. You, you just have to see the mess that's left to some of the cars that have gone up. It's like mm. really intense release of energy, isn't it? So I'm sure they've got it covered in with the way these things are constructed. But for me, I would never put them under the stairs. You see, did you see that one on social media where someone had put it in the hall and run the lead through the door frame? So I got a battery system, and then an EV cable going out. And it... is that what the guy who put? Um plastic bits on the corners because you get to banging into it yes i think that's the same one it's just <laughs> what crazy are you doing? Like, i mean literally what are you doing and there was it's like the other thing with the go back to it's like keeping in theme with the loft aspects it's like you, you got the de-rating factor that no one ever thinks about and the same with because i looked at it live while i was there and i was going right let's have a look at what the manufacturers are saying about putting them in loss and the de-rating of your productivity of uh, your What's the word I look at when you produce solar? Your generation. Generation. It goes down like about 40% over 50 Does it degrees. Really? So if you're putting that in a loft, in your best days when you've got the most sun, sun, I mean, if it's 30, 35 outside, you could easily be 50 degrees in your loft. It'd be sweltering as people who, who do rewires would, would, would know, you know. So you're putting you're, you're, the thing you're trying to design to produce the most solar, you're putting in a boiling hot on the best days of the year, it's going to reduce by about 20, 30, 40%. Depending on what, depending on the manufacturer, they they print the data in the data sheets, you know, because the inverter can't work as well in that heat. Makes total sense when you say it like that. I never thought of that before. So yeah, that's another reason not to do it. You want to get the maximum benefit when it's sunny, don't you? Not the least efficient. But it's again, it's about that sort of, and we've we've had this discussion as well about CPD and how some of it is completely utter nonsense. And and to (laughs) me, this is CPD because a proper a proper accredited course that is a short course uh, but it's a bolt-on course to your fundamentals that we know as electricians what we need to do and this is treating you about things you may not consider 
you've never been shown before. Why would you consider it? That's CPD, not bloody reading a magazine or listening to a podcast or, 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 or do you know what? I'll caveat that. It is, but it's, it needs to be in context. If all you're doing is reading a magazine, if all you're doing is listening to a podcast, then that's not the CPD. There's a va- varied range of CPD. You know, I mean, it, it can form like five, ten percent of your years. But if you're putting down hundred hours of podcast listening, that's not CPD. That's not the intent of CPD. You know, it's your 18th edition. It's your, it's your. Oh, I'm going into EV courses. I'm going to do an EV design course, or I'm going to do more design. I'm going to upskill my guys for design courses. That's the sort of thing I think CPD. Don't what you think. No, I agree. CPD. I do know what you think, actually. <laughs> yeah, you do. But <laughs> CPD is like a big buzzword in industry, isn't it, at the minute? I think after the Hackett report, there was kind of that push from industry to start ensuring that it gets done. But I think if it's to the point where you're just reading a magazine or watching a, a YouTube video and evidence in lists, lists of that, I don't think that's really what was intended, is my view. Like you said, courses, little short courses, or even attending trade shows and going to one of the seminars that they put on or something. Yes. Something physical and in person where you can get a bit of value from it and like you say top it up with additional bits by reading a, a magazine or watching a youtube video but it mm. should really maybe be limited like you said to i don't know 10 percent of the overall value so otherwise mm. it's just a paper exercise isn't it yeah no exactly that and it's like also like many reading manufacturing instructions sorry that's your day job that's not cpd <laughs> that's your day job that's what you should be doing as a minimum to do your job <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? we're, start, we're starting to bring cpd into what we should be doing anyway and say, oh, that's CPD now. That's, yeah, it, I think there's a push from the CPS is where you've got to evidence so many hours, isn't there? And I think some in industry are trying to, well, maybe take advantage is the wrong word, but use that to generate extra readership or views on their content around I think happens. that's exactly what they're doing. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, trying to create a, 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 um, a value to the end user of that piece of content, whether it be video, online, or online courses or or a magazine we, we can give you more value than that cpd accredited well you know what i don't need you to be cpd accredited. i'll decide what i decide to put on my cpd i don't need a badge that means nothing saying it's cpd accredited for me to include it in my cpd i'll decide you know what i mean it's just nonsense it's just utter nonsense there's a few bits of nonsense that have been annoying me of late. There's still the EV manufacturers that really wind me up with some of the stuff that's got in there. I don't want to speak for you because it might be confidential to your day job, but it's one of those annoying things still. I think they should butt out and just concentrate on making charges. Yeah, well, we can have this conversation without naming anyone. And, and the issue we had, we we're doing some EV installs and part of the commercial level. And one week before... So the first issue we've got, we're not doing a design working to someone else's design. The design assumes that electric shock protection is within the uh, charger, which is fine. I think that's a reasonable assumption. Um, week before Christmas, week before completion date, we get a, get a letter from said uh, EV SE manufacturer saying, and I'd like to, what you because I don't understand why it, it says on a three-phase installation, their open built-in open technology cannot be relied upon. Why would that be? I don't understand that. Yeah, I've had these conversations with um, Matty. I forget the name of the, the gent who runs that, but he's adamant that the only real product that works on, on three-phase that he thinks is a reliable way of doing it is his product. I mean, he would say that, but it, it, it's kind of playing out as true because there's lots of the... EV manufacturers who will say that you can't use them with open protection on three-phase systems. Um, again, we won't name any, but there's at least two or three I can think of 
that are the same. They'll give the pen protection on a single phase, but not the free phase. Quite why? I don't know. No, I don't know why. There's got to be some sort of. There must be. There's obviously a reason. Um, because if they say if they if it could do it, they'll say they could do it. But they're very easy. These manufacturers, and they're not. I'd say they're mostly like this. Not all like this, but they're very quick to tell you what they can do. <laughs> but when it goes wrong, they're very silent about saying we might have got that wrong. All right, and I, I'm going to say RCDs within units. Don't comply, as you pointed out, uh, six or eight, nine, ten months ago, whatever it was. Don't comply. That to me should be, you should be singing about that as much as you were saying you was giving it. It's all your literature. Oh, we're going to make, we'll do this, we'll do this, and then we've got now we've got open um, in some circumstances not be, being told that it's not reliable. Mm. How about this for an idea? Just give us a charger and leave the electric shock protection to us the installer and the designer to decide how we're going to protect the user. Not you. They've got to make one charger for millions of different supplier characteristics. Not millions, yeah. but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just give us a charger. The smart, but no protection, no electrical, no, no BS seven, six, seven, one protection in it. And then we install it because now if you've got a, if you've got a charger with, a, with an RCD built in, guess what? Don't matter. Still got to store an RCD. If you've got um, open technology on some installations, guess what? Don't matter. You're going to have to install open. So for the people that are trying to tick the green boxes, and some of these companies are very, very eager to tick the green box, you're creating products that you, with stuff in that no one needs. Yeah. It's it, not very I don't green, know. I think, is it? I think it started from a good place where they were trying to solve problems from electricians and stop us having to drive air frauds into the ground. I think ultimately that's where it's come from. There was that unicorn device or product that was in the regs and... You know, that industry tried to get on top of that. But I think now it's kind of gone away from that. And a lot of their marketing saying our product can do this and do that. And it's achieving it in ways that don't tie in with the intent of BS7671 as installers. Mm. That's what we've got to ensure happens. And, you know, if that product's not doing it, they need to be honest about that and say, OK, mm. we've got this. It doesn't quite do what it says on the tin in the regs. But what we've done is above and beyond that. And here's a conformity certificate that says it. So you've got that as the installer. We're going to stand behind this product and say it's above and beyond the regs. And there's only a handful that actually do that. Some of them do that. What? The conformity of things like RCD protection to meet 7671? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, again, I'm not going to name them, but some of them will give you that conformity certificate to say that they do that. And others won't. Others will just bury it in marketing, and be very opaque and vague. And if you actually grill them at a technical level, they will say, if you want to make sure you comply with BS7671, install an upfront RCD. Which doesn't help anybody because if you're an installer and you've read the marketing, as lots do, they just mm -hmm. read the installation instructions to figure out what wires go where and where the fixing points are and the basics of how it turns on and works. They're not really going to look for conformity certificates or appreciate that they have to. No. Well, the latest regs has been changed, isn't it? So you now have to hand over conformity as part of of an EV install, it has, to, it, has to, it has to be done now. So again, again, it's getting that message into the domestic market. It just doesn't happen. We see these no. installs. They're lucky if they get an electrical installation certificate. Never mm. mind anything else. And this is the thing with the RCD. I mean, it may most some installations. You, what you're talking for an RCBO, that's 20, 30 quid. Yeah, they're not probably mid, yeah. But some installations, like maybe railway installations that are with <laughs> DCCR areas, a three phase RCD is four hundred quid. Now, if you've got 10 chargers, that's £4,000 just to buy them, let alone the extra retail 
a space you need to install them. So now you're sitting there, some, one company, and this is completely fiction, this is something I've made up in my head, not any link to any reality. You might have company A that's gone, we'll install that, don't worry about that, don't need RCDs, it's including the thing. Another contractor, contract B, says, well, I know them RCDs that built in don't work on a, on a railway environment, so I'm going to have to install these. I'm now six grand more expensive. Mm. One company looks like a div, the other company looks like a hero. We get that in the domestic market still. We've had one mm. recently of Podpoint who well, I've just named a brand, so you might have to put it <laughs> But yeah, they did a very bad job locally, um, and there's been a few issues. And that was the same principle. We'd priced at a level to do the job that we thought was needed. The other price was below that, and the result wasn't very good. And like you say, sometimes you appear the bad guy when you're actually not. Yeah, no, and I think they don't help us. And I agree with what you said. They have come from a place of trying to do the right thing. But I think sometimes you've got to sort of step back and go, right, we're manufacturers, we're not installers, let's be manufacturers. And I think there's more and more of these that are going to try and become installers or maybe a post box for installers. They're not really going to be installers. I, don't, I doubt many will actually employ people. They're probably employed on a subcontract basis of some sort. I don't know, I'm guessing. Um, and then you've got, you've got people that don't know any better going to ABC company because of their um, their status of in the, within the industry thinking they could be trusted, just like car manufacturers. When I said, oh, we install a, install an EV charger for 100 quid, you know? They don't care at the point of sale, do they? They just want that big check for 50 grand for the car, so they'll say anything. Mm. And that is such a common issue. They will do that a lot. And a consumer will hand over 50 grand for the car, but they don't want to spend one, two grand on an EV charger for it, which is mm. another mind melt. Yeah. It's always a big, um, a big giveaway. And I'll tell you, who said this and I, was, oh, I thought it was brilliant it was Tom Nagy on one of the videos where he said when you walk up to a drive you see a posh car but you see cheap crappy tyres that's a warm design <laughs> it's so true isn't it that's going to say everything that's going to be that person that doesn't want to spend 1500 quid on a decent EV charger when he's just got his 80, 90, 100 grand Porsche definitely <laughs> just that definitely. because he's, he's bought that massive he bought that 60, 70, 80 grand motor and put the cheapest tyres he could possibly get on it or shit or shit it's flexing. He thinks no one's no or she thinks no one's noticing the tires, but people mm. do. It's, uh, I think going back to what you said about the um, manufacturers getting involved in installing these, that's already starting to happen. There are other manufacturers who were already doing that, and equally the big leasing companies. I've just taken a lease on for a couple of electric vans, and they've offered free EV charge points as part of that process. So it's not actually. I'm sure they're tying it in with what the lease arrangement is, but at point of sale, it appears as it's free. And who they're using to install those, I'm not sure. But I think that's one of the other reasons we've seen a drop-off in demand domestically. A lot of these leasing companies, most people are getting lease vehicles with their employers and such. They're getting the charges provided on the delivery of the vehicle. It seems a bit suspicious to me, and I could be wrong, that this seems to have been apparent now that the OLEV, OZEV, grant is now not available because that was quite stringent to get that money back whether that was right or wrong or got made a pig's ear of it which they did you had to put evidence here i just wonder whether these companies have gone ah, got no one checking their work now we can go and crack out a load of installs <laughs> well, that's it and as i've said they're going to increase the amount of their um they did their little surveys that they get involved in checking a lot of these install installs they're going to be doing more of that but it's kind of now on these bigger pro programs you might see in an apartment block off or a um a public company if you like local authority where they're doing car park installs and stuff they're not mm. really getting into the nitty-gritty of the domestic market which is where we see some of the more ropey installs shall we say yeah no it's a shame really 
But I suppose you're always going to have that at uh, domestic level. You're a star, aren't you? It's just, you're not going to get away from it. No, I mean, you see there's a lot of... Um, you see, we all see the pictures, don't we, on social media? I've said a few. I think everybody has from time to time where you come across a bad install. But how many jobs do you go to where it's, it's just all right and you don't mm. recognise it, take a picture of it, share it? I think there's a bit of a warped view on the way electrical systems are in the real world because we just see a lot of the bad. That's the nature, I think, of of human nature. Share the bad work, not the good. Yeah, I think it's just that it's that ability, isn't it, to just look at that and go, <laughs> look what I've spotted. I would never do that. Yes, come around your ass, mate. Have a look at your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. You know what exactly I mean? That. that is so true. And and you've you've got involved with um solar as well you're saying like dabbling with solar a bit are you able to speak about that because i know it's a bit more than just dabbling which bit what the maintenance side of things yeah yeah we'll put the puts out on linkedin so we look we're looking after the uh the solar panels on top of blackfriars bridge station which is go spans the river thames in london it's the biggest biggest solar bridge in europe which is quite impressive i think on the if my memory serves right it's like maybe 52 is it 52 maybe more than actually I think it's 52 pairs. It might be 104 uh, three-phase inverters up there. Wow. I mean, it's massive. It's humongous. So that's um, an incredible system. So when you're talking about solar, that's a whole different level. Yeah, but it's just the same thing over and over again, really. It's just a, a, a solar inverter, four strings, solar inverter, four strings. So it's just, it just goes down this long corridor. And on a bridge, left and right. above, a river, above a river with a yeah. railway line underneath it. Totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like when you sort of get to it, it literally is just the same thing over and over again. But it's quite early on. I think this was installed like 2008. So it's quite early on in solar in terms of mass installing it on sort of mass scale. Um, and oh, it's no, it's, there's loads of up, I won't list them, but there's loads of upgrades needed to bring it up to sort of modern standards. Say, so what's the PPMs on that then? Is it like cleaning them or is it checking annual cleaning? Annual clean. Um, and checking that this is called IV curve testing, which is yeah. sort of me- just measure the, the string measuring the amperage and the voltage, and, and knowing what you should be expect to see based on the panels and in a string parallel series that sort of stuff. Um, and then just basic labels, make sure labels are there, connections are tightened. It's sort of really, really, it's nothing more apart from the cleaning and the testing. There's nothing really more to it than sort of good old-fashioned mechanical electrical maintenance you know yeah. and i guess at 14 ish years old you're going to start to see inverters failing yeah there's a number of there's quite a few actually there's quite a few it's about 10 or 12 inverters that have failed but and again this is quite this is this is an issue that's going to be apparent for some of the early ones the company don't exist no more you know <laughs> they so you can't buy no parts for it you can't you can't buy a replacement um, so yeah, the, the system can't be monitored anymore because that company who've done the system monitoring is is kaput. So uh, yeah, so that's quite interesting. But it just frustrates me when we take over these things. It doesn't frustrate me. I'm happy to do it. But you sort of on year one, we're highlighting things that have never been highlighted in all the other years of maintenance. I'm like, mm. what the hell? I mean, we went there the first day. I mean, I consider PPMs as tedious as it might be is to get the equipment clean. Just a, a not not wet. Just a, just a a, a, a grill wipe. Get it all clean. Filthy, filthy inverters. And I thought they've never even been wiped over. It took us two hours, hmm. but it's done. Do you know what I mean? I was like, what's? Next, wonder if any maintenance at all has ever been done, doesn't it? It starts mm. to sow that seed of doubt. 
yeah. someone been taking the paycheck and not actually done it. It's, uh... Yeah, I think there's a bit of that going on. We always get it sometimes when you, what have we, what did I have someone, someone talk the other day? One of my staff, he said, oh yeah, this is, this post would be maintained. See, I knew it weren't maintained when I undone the, the screw and you got that click. You know, that <laughs> click that it's never been undone in 20 years. Like, Big giveaway. Yeah, it's like, it's never been undone. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's common, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's people, like, people will do that. I don't think you'll ever change it. But it's, um, it's one of those. But an interesting project for you anyway. That sounds proper proper cool, does that? So. Yeah, it is interesting. I've bought all the uh, specialist solar panel cleaning kits, all the big arms and the RO water. It transfers things to RO water and uh, like takes all the minerals out of water to be cleaned Sweet. properly. It'd be quite interesting. It'd be interesting to see. You're going to get yourself sold. up there and give them a go, or is this for your, your guys? Yeah, no, I'll definitely go. I'll be no, there I thought you would be doing that. Yeah, I'll be out there as well. My son wants to go out there and I was like, oh, I can't go, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> There's a <laughs> right picture about. opportunity with that, isn't there? Definitely. Middle of January. Middle of January. Go on, get out there. <laughs> right in a snowstorm. But yeah, uh, but it's um no, it's good, and I want to do some more installing. I like to get some installs done. Really, they're doing some stuff now. Like they're doing these films now, solar fil- films. Mm. It's not even a panel; it's just like basically sticky back. And I was just thinking, if if you think about the uh, railway canopies, what a perfect solution if you put That's all them opportunity on. there. No, it? no additional weight, so you got no no structural issues. Fair enough, they won't produce like a wooden solar panel, but you've got all these bloody all these. Uh, canopies everywhere for me i'm like would love to be put them out love to they've just done that on some um leisure centers near us where the car park has built little carports to put cars in the shade but put those rolled out solar panels on top of all of them that's mm. a great idea stick a little ev charger at the end solar panel everything really, produced and straighten the cars really simple and it? it's really really simple and the thing is with railway stations don't really you don't even need to worry about storage because they're always going to use what they got you know what i mean so it's quite a cheap cheap thing really just get them. i suppose it's not that cheap because getting up there and doing the work safely will be quite costly but um in terms of ticking green credentials that's the sort of thing i think the railway should be doing you know it's convincing people of the payback isn't it we see it in domestic we've had a chat about this off- offline as well giving consumers the Assurance of payback is a tricky one. And I guess if Network Rail see the payback, they'll go for it, won't they? Yeah, we've done some studies at some stations, just like traditional sort of solar panels on the station buildings. And the paybacks, I mean, even at sort of railway rates, which is obviously a lot higher in terms of safe systems work at that height, um, we're still within 10 years, mm. you know? And these are systems that are going to be, let's be frank, they're going to be good for 20 years if they're maintained. 30, sorry, 30 years if they're maintained. Probably 20 years if you don't do anything to them again. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, there's I'd value like, there, I'd, I'd isn't like there? Yeah. We're going for MCS. I'm going to do the one on my roof and then get use that as the example for the MCS accreditation and then uh, and see where it goes. Who knows? That's so what's going I'm on your business. Oh, let's talk about Apprentice for a while. What's going on? So I've sort of been <laughs> off. I've been off social media now since before Christmas. You've got a few tweets that you've been tagged in last night that you might find interesting. Me and Darren had a little chat about you. We came up in discussion. Oh, um, really? I've, <laughs> I lost my phone before Christmas. I got a new phone. And I've not even downloaded it or LinkedIn. You've been noted by your absence. I get DMs about you and Rick all the bloody time. Like, where's Rick? He had that. He's gone to Scotland. I just told everyone you ate your foot in Portugal. And you haven't been able to fly <laughs> home. So, it's... well, speaking about Rick, we have to. I'll tell you what. I don't care. Absolute liberty. Literally in a year. Trades person of the year. Are you having a laugh? He is not <laughs> a screwdriver for about a year. It's an absolute outrage. And I'm going to call call it what it is. Um, what's that word? Liberty. Corruption. 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 That's what I'll Corruption. say. Corruption. 
how can someone like Ricky get trades person of the year? Absolutely outrageous. He's he's got that <laughs> after getting electrician of the year already. He's just hogging all the awards. He wants to share them around. Well, to be fair, that means I mean he did win it the years before, so he actually was a worse electrician in between. I think that's fair, yeah. Mm, if he doesn't win it next year, he'd be worse again. again. Yeah, he's riding that wave. But I think he's um I won't say it because he might want to announce it himself, but uh yeah, but I think watch his space, Ricky, he might be about a bit more. Maybe fingers crossed. They last I spoke to him, he was getting himself set up with some podcasting gear. So he might be back more regularly. But yeah, it's been good at Apprentice One to One. We're I'm in the new HQ now. So this is the little office I'm sat in at the minute. It's um coming along. We've got the yeah, booth. It's coming along. I see some pictures of the booth. I was like, whoa, what's going on over there? Seems to have been a bit of a big push over the last four weeks, fair to say. Yeah, I think we started at the end of October. But yeah, the last four weeks we've had a right push. We've got all the booths up now. Um, Dan from DMH is coming to help put a solar array up. So we're going to have a go at getting a little solar set up here as well with battery storage and inverters and things. So that's quite exciting. I wasn't expecting that. So have you got um, if you've got space, I was going to try and get you some DC immune RCDs. We got railway RCDs. Space, that would be brilliant. Just, just to such again, just to consider different environments that people may be out installing. Absolutely, that would be amazing. So yeah, definitely fire them over. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's coming along. It's coming along nicely. Um, we're hoping to start letting people come in before the end of January. That's the plan. And how are you doing that booking? How's that? Is it just sort of turn up open days, or is it going? We have to, have to limit the numbers, so it'll have to be via arrangement. We've got um, Richard from Humber Electrical who's doing some free wiring regs training for. There's a lot of the retrainees who've been mugged off for want of a better word, and not had the training delivered to them. I've been spent thousands of pounds, and he's offered to help out alongside us with a bit of that. But that's at his facility in Hull. And then over here, we've got more of the practical. I want to keep this as practical. It's not going to be classrooms. There's mm. loads of that out in the training space. You can go sit in a classroom and watch PowerPoint till you die yeah. of death. I don't want that here. So this is all practical booths, skills, sharing knowledge with people. and um, proper, yeah, proper electrician stuff. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Like, proper proper nuts and bolts. Doing. I don't want it to be me. I've always said all along, this isn't about me teaching people. I'm not the best spark out there. I want people who are proper top of what they do to come in and give examples of how they work. So... You know, people like yourself from Real or your guys rather than you. <laughs> Mike from Residual Current. With all these kind of people who've offered to yeah. come and help. Dan from DMH. I'm sure Stuart Cater would come up if I am um, providing with accommodation and get a bit of that going on, I think. Well, you put beds in there in a while, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuart, there's your bed right there. That's it, bunk beds. <laughs> I won't let anyone sleep out there at the minute. It's freezing. That's oh, no, it's well cold in my garage at all. It's bloody freezing. Yeah, workshop's cold. But yeah, it's going really good. And obviously we got the little uh, award from the uh, Electrical Times magazine for being the support for training. Um, Where did that come from? What was that? CPD. It's up here. What's that? This one? Oh, nice. I think they had that one as well. Congratulations. The last yeah, one was the so NET was... one. Uh, professional development resource and training that was nice because i didn't put myself in for that someone else has nominated us and got a little panel vote on it and it was a nice surprise oh that is nice actually yeah that is nice you've done a she's really proud of what you've done and these little awards uh little nods to yeah well the last people who run nods this from industry learning lounge so it was um tony cable um rest in peace what a guy he was um they were kind of the last winners so it's really nice to to take that on after them Oh, also, uh, okay. Is that um, Gary Gundry? Gary Gundry as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, good guy, Gary. I like Gary. So yeah, it's really nice. We've had a lot going on. It's been busy, but I think we're finally at the top of the hill, 
riding it back down rather than shoving it up. <laughs> so when do you reckon you have your first people coming through the door? Before the end of January, that's what we want. Bloody hell. Yeah, that's what we want. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I'm so pleased. I can't wait to see that. I have to get back on social media eventually. I'm just enjoying the uh, the hiatus at the moment. And I'm so busy, mate. Honestly, the work we've got coming through at the moment, it is so busy out there. And it's just, just trying to... I, mean, I, I had another tender come through today. It's just crazy. Like, is that one you mentioned yesterday or is this another one? Because you're going to need to start recruiting. <laughs> well, you know what it's like. Getting tenders is one thing. Getting the orders is different, isn't it? So yeah, true. Do 10 tenders. You might get one order. Did you get your apprentices started out? Did you having a bit of bother with that, wasn't you? you were yes and no. no. So, yes, I've got one of them sorted and JTL eventually were very, very um, good. I mean, but getting through to someone who needs to handle a case was quite painful. Was really quite painful. Bulldog rude, if I'm honest, and I had to sort of write some firm emails of disappointment. And um, but the guy, the guy that we did speak to in the end was brilliant. Um, we had a meeting and very, 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 very good. So really pleased with that. Uh, my other apprentice has really been let down. So what's happened is the the college that he was in, I've now unenrolled him. He's finished. No way. He's got to do his own too, right? But he's he's been un- unenrolled, if that's even a word. Um, they have subcontracted out the NBQ element to JTL. There's no documentation. He's got no certificates from his theory. Um, it's an absolute car crash. Diabolical. And now I'm trying to speak to someone and everyone's just like, well, I don't know who you've got to speak to, really. Hmm. So th- it may well be, and I'm sure this is going to be only worse, 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 worst case scenario, they've got an apprentice with no evidence of having done anything over the last four years. Crazy. So has the training Which, provider gone bust? No, so it's a it's a council college. Wow. So they've just got no record of anything that they've done. Well, they've got a record of there, but there's no certification. They've got they've got no certificates of his theory. He's not uh, no evidence of his MVQ because they've subbed it out to JTL. Well, JTL are like, well, we're only, we're only the subcontractors. You've got to speak to the the the, the their client. I was like, well, they don't, they don't even know what's going on. It's an absolute nightmare. So yeah, I've got I mean, to follow now Christmas out of the way, I've got to follow that up for him. But uh, just it's not uncommon, unfortunately. I, I haven't heard anything quite as bad as that for a while, but there's still loads of shady stuff going on out in training, and it's really sad because it affects people like mm. the apprentices. Yeah, and, and then we've got another another one who's is gone for a private training provider, and I just can't quite believe, right? So I said to the right, if it needs to be done by March. I said, well. I've never seen any any MVQ from him. Never seen any portfolio. portfolio. Can you send me all his portfolio? Oh, we just have him write that, write it down on bits of paper and send it in. I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, no, it should be. Oh, I want to see it properly documented on a portfolio so it can be reviewed by myself and the electrician he's working with to say that he's actually done that and he meets the minimum standard of what that is looking for. Yeah. Who's verifying this? And he's like, the guy's going, well, we don't really do. How many do pay? Uh, electronic folders and all that. I was like, well, it's 2022, it's 2023 now. I was like, hey, uh, uh, you've not even been out to site. I see, yeah, we'll do a face meeting. We'll do a, a WhatsApp video call for that. I'm like, because I've only picked up this guy. He's not start. I'm, we've not sent him to this one. We're trying to, he he he, he downloaded domestically and he's transferred to us to try and get his commercial industrial side of things. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. I said, whatever happens, we're not agreeing to anything until we've seen the things that he's ticking off and saying that he's competent in them areas. I'm not saying he's got to do it all 
100% and be the expert in it, but there needs to be a minimum. He needs Confidence. to be able to select, like if he's doing metal conjuring, he needs to know what the bling tools are called, how to put a bit of conjure up, a couple of bends and what boxes to install as a minimum. Like I'm not just going to say he's ticked it off without even discussing it with his, his electrician. It's just nonsense. That's you know? it. And I said, not only that, when he goes to his AM2, he's going to be utterly, utterly embarrassed when he gets kicked out and going, you're miles off, mate. Took the words out my mouth there. I was just going to say that. Yeah. You've got the pre-assessment checklist. You're trying to do it right. The employer, the trainee, and the assessors are all supposed to get together and say this person's ready. If you haven't done that, then no one's doing the job properly, are they? And, and I think with a pro, and I'm just talking over a very limited experience here, you may disagree or agree, but I think with the private sector, there's certainly more pressure to get them in and get them out because of funding. And all I keep hearing, well, his funding's out now. I was like, well, I don't care about his funding. He's here. He's paid for a course. He's not paid for a time. It's paid for a course, for an experience. And we need to give him that experience. Now, if you took him on, knowing he was a domestic-only electrician, apprentice, then you should have been aware of that risk that it may take him longer to find another another employment to get through the rest of it. Don't make that his problem. That's your problem. You're the adults. Yeah. Or you were, he's he's an adult, don't get me wrong, but you you know what I'm saying. You're the people that are experienced in this. Absolutely. We have these chats on the Apprentice One-to-One podcast quite a bit, but trainers often oversell their courses. I think that's fair to say. And they're not really making people aware of the requirement of the experience they need to get. Or um, if they're with a domestic employer, they're kind of helping them get through by fudging bits and pieces is the long and short of it. And when you Mm. get an employer like yourself who wants to do it properly for the best interest of the learner, because like you said, they'll get to AM2 and they won't get through. And if by some miracle they did, they'll soon get found out out on site when they don't know what they're doing. So it's all about preparing them properly. That's what NET say. They came on our podcast and said that it's the lack of preparation that leads people to fail that assessment, why the pass rate's 40% because people are being put forward when they're not ready so you're mm. doing the right thing it should, everyone should be doing that yeah i don't i don't want him to to fail and i don't I, he won't he won't because he's I, I don't think he fully understands where i'm coming from but with it thinks he i suspect he maybe thinks i'm a bit awkward i'm actually going Let's, who well, would ever think that about you <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got, like, like you said, we've got responsibility we've got responsibility i don't want him to go out there and oh, if he God. leaves us in six months time and going oh i'm not sure i'll go card and this yeah. get on the side and go, who did you train with? What? You know, we're just trying to do the best by him. That's, that's honestly where we're coming from. But these private, the private training providers definitely got some questions to be answered. They just seem to want to take the money and move on to the next one. Exactly that. I mean, that's, that's what I've seen. <laughs> Should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think we've probably covered a lot of ground there, mate. Oh. Um, at the NRC on today, they sent me a list of questions, so that's good. So for future use, and there's a, there are a few apologies. So if, if the people are missing, I need to apologise to the NRC for being so lacklustre in sorting out podcasts. But I've got some. I've got some. Uh, I spoke to them at the NAT event, and they're very, very, very eager to come on. So I said, to them, I said, look, don't worry about it. I said, it's nothing stressful. I said, you write your own questions. It's absolutely fine. You know, what I mean? it's just you write your own questions. We'll go through the questions and we'll talk about it. Oh, this is a podcast to be to, for discussion. We're not going to look at the stitch on her, as we've proven. ECA, JIB, IET. We're not at, we're not that podcast. All right. Um, everyone's welcome. Almost everyone. Well, we've and, got, uh, you've got Napit who were very keen. To Napit as well. well. That's the other apology. Uh, 
and spark safe. So there's a few points I'll make. Um, NRC have been waiting the longest, so we'll get them done and we'll work through it and we'll get these done. So I think with the podcast, it was so long. I think it was becoming harder and harder for me to come back. Now I've got this one out of the way. I feel a bit better. Do you know what I mean? Though you just don't do it for so long, and it's like life did get in the way. It's just gone really, really crazy. But now I feel like let's try and just try and do some more. Regular. I'm here to do podcasts whenever you want. There's no pressure this end. Yeah. I, I really want to get Ricky on. I really want to get Ricky on because he's a, he's a good one. He's got so much to talk about. Um, I'm sure we'll pin him down somewhere. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, so sorry for the. Delay, you've probably all unsubscribed anyway now and gone to watch uh Monday Club or something, and then you won't be there long. You're coming back, don't worry, it's pretty crap over there. So, yeah, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> yeah, certainly watching the other podcast with some of the subjects they've got, Jesus Christ. But maybe I should say no more and uh wish everyone a happy new year, happy new year to Mark as well. And thanks for your patience, mate. Appreciate it. Nah, happy new year. Catch you all on the next one. Take care. Ta-da.